new season, new prop bets, and Davis pretty much continues being wrong about everything. Next on Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome back to Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. This is episode 19, and it has been a long, long road to get here. Yeah, we apologize for, uh, you know, kind of like... I'm not sorry. Well, you should be, because you've put yourself and your family and me and listeners through all kinds of suspense waiting for this to come back. I relished every minute of it. I might do it again. Oh, I guarantee what you went through you would never do again, even though you actually are getting ready to probably do some of it again, but... Oh, my gosh. I'll tell you what, just between having a baby and moving twice in six months is not exactly the, oh, well, there was also the home remodel during that, but the home remodel, having a baby and moving twice in six, seven months was, uh, was definitely something that I would not recommend anybody do. No. And, uh, trying to find you, you know, change of jobs possibly, or at least, you know, different roles at the job. I mean, that's stressful and you know, we just got a million things going on, you know, during that break too. Like, you know, I got one now expecting in November, um, Hendrick's pregnant. Uh, I hope, I hope so. Or else, you know, he's got some questions to answer (laughs) No, but you know, we're expecting our second and you know, yeah. Congratulations on that, by the way. It's just life, man. Hold on. But I mean, can we just go back to the point where I congratulated Davis on being a father again? And he just went right over that shit. He never even didn't even phase him a little bit. I was like, congratulations. He's like, okay. Anyway, move. <laughs> it's because I've known you for so long. I know when it's actually genuine and when you're saying it to just try to say face and look like you, you're being a nice guy. <laughs> We've had talk behind closed doors. I know how you really feel. That's true. Well, well, anyways, the whole goal is, you know, when we finally get this thing up and running more full time, you know, we, we still want to be active during the off season. And, you know, talk about, you know, more fun stuff and a little more lighthearted and, you know, kind of keep a little bit current with some things instead of having, you know, a nine month break like we just had. More importantly than anything, we're back. We're not going anywhere. Um, there won't be any, you know, barring something crazy happening, of course. There's not going to be any long breaks like that. We are back. We are back for good. We're excited for another Ohio State football season. We're days away. I'm super excited. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Every year, I can't wait to get my Ohio State jerseys out of the closet just so I can wear them. It's that time of year, man. Let the beer flow. Let the TV on loud. Tell the wife to shut up, and let's watch some football. Yeah, and not particularly in that order either. So <laughs> sometimes you've got to tell her to be quiet to start. But, true. you know, I, I'm the same way, man. And me, it's like what always gets me in the mood is I start listening to, like, some Ohio State marching band stuff. I listen to Hang On Sloopy. I watch – some old game footage from the previous year and, you know, try to pick out a couple of players that I'm really, you know, interested in seeing this year that, you know, might've had limited roles the year before or seeing how the team kind of grows. And I'm really interested in seeing what kind of new players, new recruits might make the field and things like that. So I think there's a lot to look forward to this year for sure. So let's talk about some of the craziness, man, that's happened since we've been away because there is a ton of it. And I think we should start off with, in no particular order of importance, all this crap going on with the Big 12, SEC, Big 10 alliance with other, I mean, dude, it is crazy out there. It's a circus. I just think it's so funny how literally 
as soon as Texas and Oklahoma decide to leave the Big 12 and go to the SEC, like all hell breaks loose. Like it's literally like pandemonium in the streets. Like everyone's like, oh, well, this is ruining college football and the Big 10 and the Pac-12 and the ACC are going to be irrelevant. This is all about super conferences now. And I'm like, first of all, this isn't even going to happen for like three, four years. Number two is the only thing that's realistically going to happen out of this is the Big 12 is going to go away. Um, other than that, I mean, it's not really that much of a super conference. I mean, do they I have disagree. some of the, listen, they have some more of the top tier teams, but I think they get way too much a pass for their middle of the road and their lower end teams. Like you can't yeah, tell them, okay, not- they got 16 teams, but there are 16 good teams. That's not a super conference. You can't have Vanderbilt in your conference and be a super conference. Are you kidding me? Dude, top to bottom, it's not even a comparison anymore. If the SEC wasn't hands down above everybody else, they 100% are now, and it's not even close. Not even a vague competition at all. Dude, they completely cornered the market. That was the most boss move I've ever seen. You know how bad I hate the SEC, but, dude, I got to give credit where credit is due. Well, you're, you're not wrong with a lot of what you said, but, I mean, ultimately this move actually came down to money. And the big money makers in the Big 12 was obviously Oklahoma and Texas. Um, and bringing them over to um, the SEC is not just a competitive thing. It's a money thing. As a matter of fact, it might be mostly money. And I think people overlook that. And if you look at how much these conferences are bringing in, the Big 10 is doing just fine. They're in second place alone. L- let's move on from that. Um, I think, you know, we'll, we'll bring up a, just a little bit because, again, we haven't talked in a while. Uh, the recruiting that we've done lately, um, it's been really good. You know, we got JT Tuomaloa from Washington, who's the number one overall recruit, defensive end. Um, some more key uh, wide receivers. Um, I mean, our draft classes are looking really good. But I think the biggest thing that happened in the offseason was uh, Quinn Ewers, number one quarterback in the 2022 class, with uh, at the time, I believe, was still a perfect rating. Um, decided to come in early to Ohio State and reclassify as a 2021 recruit. And the biggest reason there being not that he was expecting to come in and you know, compete for a starting job already, but because he knew his name was worth a lot and he wanted to make money and he couldn't do that in high school in Texas. You know, it kind of, I don't know, man, it kind of strikes me a little bit weird. I mean, I know that he's, uh, it, okay, it doesn't strike me a little bit weird in that I don't know what he did. I do know what he did. He's a high school kid and he wants money. I get it. It's just that I'm not fully used to that motivation yet and well, that, as a just, college athlete. That's just going to be one of those big changes now that we're going to start seeing and t- unless Texas or some of these other states that don't allow it change their laws and let kids you know, make money. Yeah. But- you're just going to see I that kind of like saying. how the how the transfer portal's kind of gone nuts. I mean, they you know people don't stay in a program anymore. They want me, 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 mine, 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 now, 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 and they want to go somewhere they can play right away. And you know, kind of lost that edge of staying in a program and developing and waiting your turn. You know, I had to remind myself that that was really the reason he did it, because when when it first happened, I was thinking to myself, "What are you doing? Why would you do that? You know what right. I mean?" I thought about it, like, let the process take hold. you got two really good quarterbacks. Well, three, really. You know, I'm sure one will transfer, most likely. But I'm saying, you know, you already have a pretty good room there. I don't know why you'd want to put your beak in there as a freshman. You know, well, wait your time I, to I, come. I just, I, I, you know, the more I think about it, he almost probably didn't have a choice. Because if you think about it, his stock's not going to be any better than it is right now. He could only make things worse for himself. And not that he was going to go anywhere else, Um potentially, but 
it's not like his stock would go down or change the fact that we were, you know, he had already signed with us, but you know, he had the risk of possibly getting hurt his senior year uh, while sitting and playing in high school and not being able to make a single dime off his name when he knows that if he can early enroll, uh, whether he plays or not, the benefit one is he can already make money. Number two is he can actually go ahead and start developing under Coach Mick and start learning the system so that way his learning curve when he does get his opportunity is going to be zero to none. Here's my biggest question is this. If you're Coach Ryan Day right now, what what are you thinking? Because, you know, you've got C.J. Stroud, who's a redshirt freshman this year. So why – Okay, so if if he's going to get the nod, he's going to get the original start. But you got a freshman that come in, a freshman phenom coming in here, and if he's everything that everybody says that he is, you have to play him, don't you? I mean, you're going to have to play him. Yeah, and I think you bring up an interesting point. Um, first of all, as me personally, I don't like the move. Not what he's benefiting from it, but as a fan of Ohio State, I don't like the move because I would rather him wait another year to come in and then kind of spend that year either deciding if he could possibly be the starter or give him some time in the system because I think him coming in early has sped up the clock now to where he's going to have to start sooner than later. I wanted to realistically give CJ Stroud or Kyle McCord a chance to see if they can really run this offense and do something with this team for a year or two and then have Quinn Ewers waiting in the wings ready to come in without missing a beat and maybe be even better. But now it's going to be a big mix up of, well, gosh, when do I put Ewers in? At what point is that going to be, you know, the play, but at the same time, you know, maybe there's pressure to put him in sooner because you don't want him leaving because, I mean, that's the other thing, too. You know Ryan Day probably did not want him coming in early, but he's not going to tell him that. He doesn't want to risk him, you know, changing his recruiting and going somewhere else. They don't want to lose him to someone else. If I'm Ryan Day, though, this is where I have a conundrum with who I'm starting a quarterback. Now, I would almost feel better if Ryan Day said today he's your starting quarterback. I would almost feel better about that, and I'll tell you why. Because C.J. Stroud is going to get the nod. Say he comes in, say he's say he's not phenomenal, but say he's he's serviceable, okay? Say we win games, he's a great game manager. He does nothing to cement the position, but nothing to lose it. Okay. How do you justify taking a kid that's that's not played at Ohio State versus someone that you consider a leader in your locker room because he's been there for a couple of years now? How do you mm-hmm. put him on the bench in favor of a freshman? I don't understand that. How do you do that? And that's why they pay him millions of dollars and me and you are sitting here for free doing this because I I have no idea how you make that decision. Trust me, like that's and that's honestly going to be my biggest fear is what happens. Not my biggest fear, but what I worry about the most is what happens if CJ Stroud has a ridiculously good year. I mean, Heisman finalist undefeated goes to the playoffs, right? Right. That's CJ Stroud's team then next year. To me, how are yeah. you how are you gonna put Quinn Ewers or let alone Kyle McCord in uh that next year and say it's an open competition when you have someone that is played that well? It's not that I'm rooting for CJ Stroud to not do well. I want him to do well. But that's gonna be one of the most difficult things for that quarterback room is if CJ Stroud comes out and absolutely balls out. And I think there's potential for that to happen. Then you know for sure Kyle McCord or Quinn is gonna be out. And I feel like Kyle McCord is more the one to stick it out and wait his turn. And Quinn Ewers is going to be more like a Tate Martell hothead and, and jump ship. 
Now, I could be wrong. I don't know these guys personally, but that's just kind of the vibe I get. I guess we just kind of have to trust Ryan Day and his judgment because, you know, that would be a terrible thing. And people want to point at Joe Burrow like that was the that was not the decision. Like we let go a Heisman, you know, winning quarterback, a national title winning quarterback and kept one of lesser stature. I don't feel like that at all. First of all, Dwayne Haskins set a bunch of records that year and that year. um Joe Burrow wasn't going to get the start anyways because he was still coming off an injury. Like right. people don't realize he, that. My point is though that he's so young, Quinn yours is that if he does transfer to wherever, okay, and he really is what everybody says he is, and he wins two national titles and a Heisman, we're going to feel like some idiots. Yeah, but again, there therein lies the problem. If CJ Stroud absolutely balls out because you know that he's got another year of eligible or that he has to play another year after this one, and that's I why. Think- Dude, and so, that's why I'm saying if they really think that yours is the guy, I'd start him now. I don't well, even you, let him get through the whole season. Well, I don't let CJ get through the whole season. If you really believe that he's the guy, because how I can mean, you take it from CJ if he goes see, out and does that's, it? Therein lies the problem with when you recruit this many people of this high up and there's one football to go around and that's it, you're going to have people that are leaving. i tell you what's going to happen. We're going to end up being in this stupid dual quarterback thing for a while. I guarantee it. Watch. I don't think so because that was an Urban Meyer thing. Urban Meyer had done that at Florida. He did it at Ohio State. And Urban Meyer single-handedly, I still love the guy, um, but he single-handedly screwed up our 2015 season by doing that and waiting to call it a starter like 15 minutes before game time on the road at Virginia Tech. Like I don't know. Is that it- was on, that was on Urban, man. Like Yeah, but you Ryan know, Day's never even been in that situation really, I mean, on this level. So does well, he do the same thing? We don't know that he doesn't. We don't. I don't. See, I does don't he do know. it to keep viewers happy? Like, hey, I, I've got to put this kid in or he's going to go? Like, Well, I think at the end of the day, and I guess if you put myself in Ryan Day's shoes, as much as I don't want to lose viewers, not only for what he could do for us, but you don't want someone else benefiting off of that. If CJ Stroud balls out, man, and he's the guy – are you going to, after, you know, Heisman hopeful and say, sorry, dude, you're benched. And then he, le- like, imagine if that were to happen and then you put yours in and yours busts out a little bit. Man, and but he, we, you know he, what? Dude, dude you, ha- just- you, you just, you have to ride who's playing the best at that time, regardless of what you came in with, what mindset you came in with. Best player you have right now, you have to stick with. Yeah, you I have to. You know, I agree with it, man, but I just, here's my thing. I, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when yours told Ryan Day that they were that he was coming early and enrolling early. Because I would love to know what Ryan Day said to him at that point. Because if I was Ryan Day, I would have said, Don't do that. For all we know he did do that. For all and we that's know, what I'd love to know for all we know he did say that and said don't do it. He's like, but if you come in and that's what you decide to do, then we will treat you like any other freshman coming in and eventually, you know, maybe even said you come in and for sure you're not starting yet because you have way too much to catch up on. But for all we know, yeah, maybe he did say that. I mean, I think Ryan Day's a pretty straight shooter, at least kind of what I've gotten from him with, you know, a lot of the comments in, in the media and stuff that he says. I think he's a pretty, pretty, you know, big straight shooter. And I can guarantee if he wasn't really feeling it or if he thought it wasn't best for Quinn, he probably told him don't do it. And Quinn, you know, if that's the case and he decided to do it anyways, then maybe that's still saying something more about Quinn that maybe he's, not mature enough for this yet. Oh, I know he's not mature enough. I mean, he's not. I mean, at that age, dude, very few are. You know, it takes yeah. time. It takes time to grow and to, 
to learn and to do things the right way. And I know, and I and I guarantee you that I'm if it, it, if they really think that he's the guy, it's not on raw talent alone that he's not starting. It's on his maturity and the fact that C.J. Stroud has already been there. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. But it's not just that. that he's already been there. By being there, he is more physically developed because he's been in the weight program. He knows the system. He has a relationship with the players. You know, he's... You know what I'm getting uh, ready to say? He's more say. trustworthy. What word am I getting ready to say? Um, that you hate. You hate it when I say it, but I say Oh, uh, uh, I can't remember. I know Loyalty. what you're talking Yes. I'm getting ready you. to say loyalty. Yeah. Because well, notoriously they're... through Ohio State history, we've had it to a fault sometimes and to you know, good reasons. Sometimes. Yeah, but it's not blind loyalty. Like you're saying it just as like, Oh, well you've been here the longest. So and you have a relationship. So it is what it is. Like loyalty. I, I understand to a point, Who but it's not just be the starting not, quarterback. I think it has to be CJ Stroud. I think he's the best Why? athlete right now. He's been in the system the longest, what? so he knows it better. He probably what has better relationship you... with the, yeah, but you're, you're he's not, probably you're a better leader. That's another you're thing. Not, he's probably a better leader. You're right not letting me ask the question. What that you have seen, I'm not talking about what Ryan Day sees, forget about Ryan Day. What that you have seen tells you that he's a better quarterback than everybody else in that room. Um, to be perfectly honest, I haven't seen anything from anyone. So why to is really he the best know. then? Yes, you have. Because Kyle McCord threw the lights out of the field on the in the spring game. Dude, and that's, that's the only really test you have. That's the spring game, man. First of all, if you go actually go back and watch it. Some of the th- throws CJ Stroud had like I, literally I'm going to challenge you when we get done with this podcast. I want you to go back and watch the highlights of all the quarterbacks and tell me that CJ Stroud threw the ball like crap. If you do, I will apologize for anything I've said to you today. As long if as you, you go, back go back and back tell and me it. if Kyle McCord threw it better. I think Kyle McCord looks like he has better arm talent. I agree with that. And I've said that to you. But to sit there and say that, you know, you think Stroud might be like another JT Barrett kind of character is absurd. If you actually go back and watch his pocket presence and some of the passes he threw, he does not look bad at all. He looks really good, as a matter of fact. But I agree. I think there's more arm talent with um, with McCord. But I think CJ Stroud has some other intangibles, especially probably being more of a leader, a little more vocal, been in the system longer. Um, being able to maybe utilize his legs a little bit more that overall he's the better choice. Now in the long run, if they all had the same career that started on the same day, I would probably want to say Kyle McCord will be the better overall quarterback, but they're in different years. Kyle McCord is probably not mature enough quite yet either. And I think that's ultimately where the argument's coming from. Like I understand where you're coming from. I pretty much agree, but they're at different phases. And right now, CJ Stroud, it's his turn. He's ready. And he's the one that's going to have to go with it. I mean, I hope you're right. I'm just not as sold on C.J. Stroud as everybody else. Everybody's ready to hand him a Heisman Trophy and hand him the keys to this thing. And and it's just, it's the same way that I've always been with everybody. I have to be proven. You, I, I don't just give you something. I don't just say, oh, you, you're the man. Well, let's go then. You're well, the man. No. I think he's also set up for the most success more than any quarterback I can remember in history. Besides some of the players that Troy Smith had to work with, um, he has some of the most, you know, electric and consistent, uh, weapons around him on offense that, you know, it may, may very well mask some inadequacies that he may have. I mean, you literally have the best wide receiving core in the country and it may not even be close. You have one of the best offensive lines in the country. Um, you have, 
a group of running backs back there that you could literally rotate three or four of them out and wouldn't miss a beat. So he he's probably going to put up some really good numbers, and I'd say you could almost plug and play almost anyone in there. So it, I think that's another reason why if he's, you know, even just a fraction of what Justin Fields was, I think he's going to do just fine. And I think he's, I, th- I think he's ready. I think he's going to be better than what you're going to give him credit for. I'm not going to oh. sit there and say he's going to be, you know, Heisman winner. I'm not going to sit there and say he's going to be setting all these records at Ohio State, but I think he's going to go down as a really good quarterback for Ohio State. I hope you're right. I'm not going to take anything away from the kid. I don't know. I don't know him from Adam, and the the sample size that I've had to watch him is not very big. So I can't sit here and say that you know I've watched this and I've watched that like I do when I analyze other other players that I'm watching. You know, I hope he does. I hope he goes out there and kills it. I hope he wins. You know, two Heisman's in the national title. I really do. I don't know that for sure. Like I said, for my first instinct, it, my first instinct on the little piece that I watched, I would have not have started him. I wouldn't start him. That's just me. I just started. I started Kyle McCord. That's that's my pick. Yeah. Um, I think that for Ryan Day and his style of quarterback coaching, he wants a Dwayne Haskins. He wants a Kyle McCord. He wants a pocket passing pro style quarterback, and that's what Kyle McCord is. C.J. Stroud is another everybody else. Braxton Miller, Terrell Pryor, all those guys, just like that. The same thing. Now he may have a little better arm than the rest of them. Yeah. He may be more accurate than the rest of them. We don't know that yet. We really don't. But my point is, he's that type of quarterback. And I, I really just thought we were getting away from that, but we're back in it again. So well, that's kind I of, think I think the first two games of the year are going to be really telling because those first two games, even though I think we should win them both, are not going to be easy, especially this first one. Uh, coming up on Thursday at Minnesota. You know, we're going to do a big game preview on that, but right out of the gate, that's not an easy game, especially not even have thrown a pass in college yet. You know, uh, and then the following weekend uh, at home against Oregon, who's projected to not only win the Pac-12, but they're saying that they're a possible playoff team. Like, those are two tough games right out the bat, and I'll tell you what, that'll show us a lot in those first two games. If he comes out of there looking really good, then he's legit. And I would believe it after the first two games. I mean, yeah, I can see. I mean, I think we'll see. I'm excited to see a lot of things. Number one, I'm I'm ready to see a new defense. I better see a new defense. Um, you know, number two, like I said, we want to see. Uh, we want to see what our new quarterbacks got. And number three, for me, the most intriguing thing to watch for me is going to be the running backs. Yeah, same here. Same um, here. I predict that by the end of the season, Master Teague will either fade completely out of the death chart or be third. Um, that is my call. I uh, surprisingly agree with you um, on something here. I think I think one of the most exciting things besides the quarterback and being hopeful the defense looks better is I'm probably the most excited to see how the running backs shake out because and I've told you this before. One player I'm really looking forward to see play is Travion Henderson. You know, I they say he's electric. You know, he's got all the intangibles, everything. It's just he's young, and they're going to kind of ease him into the thing. But I think, you know, once he finally gets in there and he gets his opportunity, I think he's going to take advantage of it. And I think there's very good potential. He'll be the starter about halfway through the season, if not sooner. I See, really do believe that. That's where we slightly disagree because um, I'm a Mayan Williams fan. He runs so hard. He has to be the hardest runner that I can think of in the last five years. He's like a bowling ball, dude. He punishes people when he hits them. 
I really don't think they're going to take him off the field. And I'm not saying that at some point Travion won't take over and take more of a majority. I, I think it's going to be a two-headed monster throughout the season. And I'm a person that I actually believe in the two-headed system. Uh, and the the reason why is, I mean, sure, sometimes it's not just your series, my series, your series, my series. You know, ride the hot hand for a little while. Um, but the best thing about that two-person uh, system is they're not taking as many bangs during a game. You know, they're staying a lot fresher, especially not just for, you know, by the fourth quarter, but I'm talking, you know, for the duration of a season. If you have kind of that one main guy, and that's what you're really relying upon, kind of like how Trey Sermon had to take over the second half of that season, he got to Alabama and broke his collarbone. Now, kind of a freak accident, but, you know, he he got banged up a lot with how much he had to run those last two games. So. Yeah. You Plus, know, you know, if you're running a two-headed module like we talked about, say somebody goes down, you're still in good shape because you've got someone that's had a lot of game reps in there that knows what's going on. It's not like you're pulling somebody off the bench. You know what I mean? Right. The depth, to find our, their... our depth there is stupid good. Like, I am not worried about getting rushing production at all with this team. Um, I just think, you know, I'll be honest, I'm not even worried about getting the the passing production for the most part either. I mean, to be honest, we – if we could just get to 150 passing yards a game with, you know, probably 200 to 250 rushing, I mean, you're talking 450, 500 yards on average a game. Like, that's top five offense, top 10 I'm, offense. I can't you, lie to you. I'm very excited about uh, – I really want to see Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, I've I've been so excited that we recruited him and brought him in um, just because the pedigree he comes from. And he looks like the real deal, about, man. Yeah, he, he just looks like he looks like a grown ass man, and he's he's what nineteen? Yeah, and from the day he stepped on campus, they everybody's been talking about him, talking about he's the real deal, and I want to see him get a shot. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I, like I said, like you said, there's a lot of hands out there right now this year. I mean, Jesus, Julian Fleming, Olave, you know, Garrett Wilson. Uh, you got Jeremy Rucker too. You have back Jack- tight end. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah. Um, you have Julian Fleming now healthy. Heard he's doing really well. Amika Abuka, you know, yep. top top wide receiver, I think, from Texas. Like, you know, it's just it's embarrassing how many good players we have on offense. The problem is you have one ball and you have to find a way to get it to all of them, keep them happy while still keeping that train rolling. And this is exactly why I hope Brian Day made the right choice of quarterback. That's all I'm saying. Because those hands need the ball. And somebody's got to get it to him. And, you know, if C.J. Stroud isn't the number one passer, you, we got to play to our strengths here. And I feel like, do you not agree that I would say that our receiving core has to be our number one strength on offense this year? Absolutely. I mean, it has to be. Absolutely. And they, they need to get the ball. And, I mean, there's creative ways. You don't have to be throwing it 40 yards down the field every time. You know, that that sure, that can happen, you know, four or five times a game. But, you know, it, it's being creative. And maybe getting them in some screens and getting them, you know, these little short routes that Ryan Day likes to do to kind of keep the downs on schedule and keep us at, you know, second and five or, you know, third and two uh, and stuff like that. You know, easy, quick little plays like a rollout five yard, you know, to to the sideline. Right. Uh, you know, or just, you know, if they're playing zone, he kind of drops, you know, the, the slot receiver kind of right in the middle of the field and gets an easy seven, eight yards every time. Like. The system he runs works really well, and then when they try to start ganging up there, that's when we start running it down their throat. So, I, listen, I think the offense is going to do fine. I think, you know, what's really going to be the tail for the entire season this year is actually going to be the defense. Yeah. Now, the, obviously, they brought in a um, a co-defensive coordinator this year. Yeah. Uh, 
even though he's already been there. I'm just saying there is now a co-defensive coordinator, which I think needed to happen. I don't know. So I feel better about it. But you have to think, dude, Ryan Day, it's his neck on the line, dude. If he if he wasn't comfortable with it, I, I hardly see him going forward with it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's got to feel better than he did last year. And I sure hope so, because, I mean, last year, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, dude. We sucked. We sucked on defense last year. Well, it was a combination of having slow linebackers, even though they were our veterans, they were slow. Um, Loyalty. Well, with Tough Borland, God, he's the slowest player that I've ever seen. At least give me loyalty on that one. At yeah, least that has to that has to be loyalty because I don't know how he kept making no. the field. Uh, and there was but, younger guys behind him; they were playing, they were doing just but, fine. You know, listen, but, yeah. we had we had injuries in the defensive backfield. We had inexperience. We lost a lot the year before, um, and we didn't really have that really good pass rush, which also meant that it was going to be a lot harder to defend if we couldn't, you know, pressure the quarterback. You know, because some of your best pass defense is your rush defense, or is you know getting to the quarterback. So. I think that we're improving in all areas, and I I would almost venture to say that we're probably improving athletically in the linebacking group. It's just going to be inexperienced. So I would say the same thing for our DBs this year. I'm almost willing to say that I think we might get run on a little bit because I think you know a lot of that also lies upon the linebackers reading those properly and hitting those holes and blocking those up a little bit. I think we might get run on a little bit this year, but I feel like. In passing situations, we're going to get more pressure on the quarterback. I think the defensive backs are going to be a little bit better, uh, a little bit quicker, even just by getting rid of Sean Wade because whether he was playing injured or whatever, I mean, I'm sorry, but I think you put anyone else in Sean Wade's shoes and we're already better off. So, oh, yeah. So I, I, I really feel like we're going to be better, but I think it might be something where we get ran on a little bit more than we'd like to see, but I think we're going to be better at pass defense. See, I hope so. I'm waiting to see how um, everybody matured over this year, getting another football camp and another year of maturity under their belt, you know, and to see who's going to be a true number one, you know, and, and whether we should be better. I, I cannot see us being worse on pass defense with another year of experience under our belts, um, you know, a whole new defensive outlook. I just can't I can't see it being bad. Who we got back there? Proctor and. uh yeah, Proctor. Uh, I think Hooker's back even after his Dewey. Uh, who's the other one? I'm thinking corner. Ronnie Hickman. Oh, the guy that um, tore his uh, Achilles last year. He's back. Cameron Brown. Yeah, Brown. Lathan Ransom. He's going to get some playing time this year. Yeah, I'm going to oh, add Oh, this oh out, seven, seven, seven Banks. Seven Banks. Jesus, why could I not come up with that? Uh, seven no. Banks is who I'm most excited to see, and I couldn't even remember his name because – I mean, last year, he showed glimpses of being able to do that. Remember, we were crying all season for people to put more pressure towards him and take it off Sean Wade. Mm-hmm. We thought he could handle it more. And I'm I'm really anxious to see what another camp and another year of maturity will do for him. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, dude. I, I'm super excited, and I have really high expectations for this season. I mean, we'll get, we'll get into what we think about the season as a whole when we do that first game preview for the Minnesota game. We'll kind of combine that and piggyback that together, but... I'm just, I'm really excited. And I know I say that every year and it's, you know, a lot of it's because I've been missing it for the last nine months and I can't wait to see him on the field again. But that's one of the best things about college football, man, is just like sometimes it can be so different from year to year. And you're really looking forward to see how guys progress and develop and, you know, seeing what new recruits look like and seeing kind of the changes you go through and still trying to come up with it. So, I mean, that's just the beauty of it. And, that's why it's so enjoyable to be an Ohio State fan because, you know, we never really, you know, have to 
you know, we don't, we just reload, you know? Yeah. All right. So, so listen, everybody, we are back and we are going to do a second episode in like the next two days. So if you like this, you hear it um, and you want to keep listening, please do. Um, we're going to put one out on the morning of uh, the game just to get everybody pumped up for game day. A little preview, maybe continue on some of the stuff we were talking about here and really talk about the start of the high State football season. I'm super excited. I, ca- I cannot believe it's here. Like literally I was watching baseball last week and I'm going, holy crap. I was like, we play football next week. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't believe it. We're playing football next week. Like it's 92 degrees outside and I'm sweating for my ass. But we're playing football next week. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm super excited as well. And man, it's just it's just about time. You know, I it's almost this is the time of year. Where it's like I need the football because, you know, I I'm a teacher. I start back work. I got the stress of kind of getting the year started, you know, got a million things going on. And it's just a, a big reprieve and something to look forward to on a, day, on a weekly basis. It really is. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's why so that's why last year was so hard to go through that, you know, we didn't know week to week what we were going to get. And it was just so hard to deal with. Like, I'm just hoping for some continuity this year. And that's it. I'm looking forward to seeing the the environments back in college with the fans and the noise and just Game the electric day. feel. I mean, you even get that feel just watching it on TV. You really yeah. do. Right. I mean, you 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 can tell the difference when. There's no fans in the stands, even though you may not be able to hear it. It's that buzz as you're listening to the game that you're missing. Yeah, as always, guys, uh, want to remind you, um, we are, we are on Facebook, um, so we got a page. So give us a like, join in there, uh, chat with us, let us know what you think. Um, and when we get these posted again, we'll uh, try to put them up on YouTube. Uh, but as always, you can always stream them on iHeartRadio, Spotify, um, Amazon Music, um, pretty much all of the. Uh, Uh, those streaming sites that you can find us on as well. See you in two days. All right. Go Bucks. OH.